I walked away saying, hey, gifting is not enough. You know, we're not just looking for the gifted. That discipline core really, really matters. And I want to train leaders to live principled and disciplined lives so that they can multiply that gift, mm-hmm. if you will, and, and serve for the right reasons. Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. All right. Hey, this is uh, podcast number two. I have with me today Travis Nicholson. We're just talking about Jesus and leadership and the kingdom. And I think he had another question for us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking. So one of my favorite topics to study is leadership. And if you could see my bookshelf at home, it would have uh, biographies of CEOs and presidents and pastors. And I'm just curious, in your opinion, what do you think makes a great leader? Yeah. So uh, it was interesting. It was just a couple weeks ago. We were in a Chick-fil-A and this young uh, guy who's being groomed to be a franchisee, um, he was there and he came up, introduced himself and he said, uh, uh, sir, do you mind me asking you what makes a great leader? I want to be a great leader in my business. And uh, somebody had said that you lead some things. And so I'd, I'd like to ask you what makes a great leader? And I really, you know, I didn't have a lot of time to think, of course. I just kind of said, well, this, there's so much to it, but let me just mention three things. And the first thing I said was personal ownership. And actually what he framed it with is, if you were leading me, what would you want me to have as a leader in your company or your business or whatever? And I said, personal ownership is what I'm always looking for in leaders. Like, are you owning and taking responsibility for your job, for your assignment, for that thing that, what I would say, my context, what God's called you to? Or if you have a dream or you have a vision, remember, it is nobody's responsibility for you to walk with God, and it's nobody else's responsibility for you to be diligent around that thing you are called to do. Or again, even as a secular person, that responsibility that you have, if a leader feels like they have to watch over your shoulder to get you to do that assignment, um, you know, it's just not going to be, uh, it's not going to work. You, you can't change the world uh, with other people looking over your shoulder. So I'm looking for people that own their walk with God, own their business, own their vision, their dream. And then that allows me to support them, mentor them, help them in every way I can. But without ownership, I can't do it for them, right? they got to be on it themselves. Um, and then uh, the second thing was, which is kind of a close second, is intentionality. So a leader not only owns their own dream or owns takes responsibility, but a leader also is intentional uh, about getting the job done. So uh, if 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 you need some help, then you go to your boss. Hey, I really want to do a great job. I'm not understanding this concept. Help me. And that's exactly what the leader wants to. I have a buddy that runs a really large company, very, very successful guy. And he said, one of our rules is the rule of raising your hand. If you have need and you do not raise your hand, we will hold you responsible even for what you do not know, and it may get you fired. But if you raise your hand and say you need help, with anything, we will give you all the help in the world. If you're not humble enough to raise your hand or you're not willing to raise your hand, you're not going to work here long. 
I thought, whoa. Yeah. So yeah. nobody's faulting you for what you don't know. What we're faulting you for is not being intentional about mm-hmm. pursuing what you need, right? So intentionality or, hey, if there's trash on the floor, I still walk through the parking lot at Antioch Community Church and pick up trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it in, in D.C. today. Mm-hmm. I picked up trash just because I, I thought it just wasn't right, you know? Yeah. So that's intentionality. That's ownership. Uh, I'm not just passing things off to somebody else. And if I have an assignment, it's my job to figure out what needs to happen and then be intentional with other people mm-hmm. to do that. The third thing I said to this guy uh, was being in it for others and not, not for yourself. Now, again, there is a certain amount of drive and ambition you have to have as a leader. Hey, I want to do all that God's called me to do. I want to do above and beyond. I really want to go for it, whatever. Um, but in the end, if you're not in it for the people that, that you are serving or leading, they know it. And in the yeah. end, people may follow you with charisma and a little bit of gifting and all that, but it won't last long, and you won't have a legacy of relationships. I've been to many funerals of wealthy, influential people that really uh, nobody had that much good to say about them. In the end, everybody cares about people, like the people they impacted or the people they invested in. And so uh, early on, I just said, hey, I am going to try to make people great. I'm going to try to invest in people so that they have a chance to be great in God, number one, in their families, and whatever they're called to do. And if I do that, I can trust God to take mm-hmm. care of whatever my leadership capacity is or whatever. Yeah. And what I've found is if I'll focus on uh, investing in people and doing, uh, doing everything I can to make them great, they actually make me look good. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. It's just a weird byproduct. So uh, it's just a Philippians 2 life, Philippians yeah. 2, 1 through 5, of all that encouragement, unselfishness, the attitude of Jesus always yeah. works. So summary, I told the guy three things. Own it, be intentional for whatever you need or to do your job, and be in it for others so that mm-hmm. people are willing to follow you in the end. Yeah. In the long haul, man, nobody's following anybody that's not serving them, that's uh, not just your leadership gifts. So, yeah, so those are a few thoughts. You mentioned... Picking up trash from the parking lot, and, and mm-hmm. that, just to honor you, that is so you. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen you be one that is willing to stack chairs, mm-hmm. even if you're leaving a conference for right. 10,000 people. Sure. That, but my question would be, how do you how do you keep that servant heart um, with the temptation to be served as a leader, as you rise to the course. ranks, whether it's sure. in the church world or uh, you know going up through a, the, the career ladder? Sure. How do you stay humble? How do you keep that servant heart where you are willing to be a CEO who stacks chairs or sure. picks up trash in the parking lot. What sure. what keeps you in that place? Yeah, you know, I, I think the the biggest deal is is creating those habits early. You're not gonna mm-hmm. get them later. Right? Uh it's kinda like um I'm here to serve and not to be served. So again, I mean, I can be as selfish as anybody. Uh, my family can attest to that. My friends can say that. So I'm not saying I've got it all down. But early on, I, I knew that it mattered, that I learned to do the little things, right? I, one time I had this, I was speaking at this conference, and um, this guy gets up and said, I have a prophetic word, and the prophetic word is God uh, has given you more than he planned, Yet more than he planned to. And I was like, That's, is that supposed to be encouraging? <laughs> like God didn't have big plans for me or something? 
And then he said, he is faithful and little is ruler over much. And what he didn't know, this, this guy, because I didn't know him, was that that was my message for the night, for the conference. Oh. He is faithful and little is ruler over much, and God oh. will make a way for you, right? And so um, I have, I, and all, actually, uh, where it started was, was uh, Floyd McClung telling me, hey, if you have a great call in your life, find somebody to serve and, mm. and start serving. Mm. That's how you get there. Uh, and then the second thing is, I said, so Holy Spirit, teach me to serve. And I would, I, literally, even today, I will run down the street, like this morning. I was running out by the Capitol, and it's really clean, and there was a piece of trash. And I stopped. I felt the Holy Spirit say, pick the trash up. Mm. Nobody saw it. Nobody cared. Right. But it seems that that stuff matters to God. So mm-hmm. I stop cyclically and pick up trash or give a little money to somebody or help somebody out along the way because the Holy Spirit leads me to do that. And I think what my concern would be for all of us is that when we are not hearing the Holy Spirit say, serve, mm-hmm. open the door for somebody, stop and, and slow down a little bit, help somebody you know uh, who's struggling to get across the street. If we don't have that, man, I don't know what we've got, you know? Um, so, um, yeah, let, let me let me share one of the uh, just story that comes yeah. to mind. So, I was on the airplane, uh, you know, it was, it was a few months ago, and um, it's the little hopper flight from Waco to Dallas, and and the flight uh, is landing, and um, this lady just comes like running down the aisle, uh, seems to be a little out of it, you know, and she's in, in the the stewardess is a petite little gal, and I'm sitting on one A, so I'm right kind of almost meeting right. with her, and she's saying, "Maybe you have to sit down." I can tell she's a little nervous. And so I just, I reach out my arm and, you know, and touch the lady's arm. I said, ma'am, is there any way I can help you? And she's like, I just got to get my medicine. I got to get my medicine. You know, she's a little out of it. Mm-hmm. And a little larger lady. And so we're, we're still taxiing down the runway. So I get out of my chair and I kind of help her into into my chair so yeah. she can settle yeah. down. I said, hey, just let me pray for you. Let me, yeah. you know, it's going to be okay. Hey, I understand, you know, if, if I didn't have my medication. So I'm just... Kind of calming her down. Mm-hmm. I pray over her, the whole deal. And I'm not cognizant of everybody around me. I was concerned about the, the little stewardess. I don't think she could have handled this lady. And so I'm just just doing my thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, people that came off that plane would have thought I was the Pope or something, <laughs> you know? And and I didn't think that it was that big of a deal, right? Somebody's hurting. They, they're confused. Obviously, they're not dangerous. They just need somebody to love them. Mm-hmm. I give them my seat. I care for them. We, we, I wait, let everybody get off the plane, and the cops come and kind of help her. But they weren't. They didn't arrest her. They were just trying to mm-hmm. help her. And um, and I had I had people just talk on and on about this thing. And I was like, I doesn't. Shouldn't we all just kind of do those little things along mm-hmm. the way? And I, I, I just think that whenever I don't see myself doing those little things, mm-hmm. I'm probably not walking in the spirit. Mm-hmm let alone, you know, using my position. You know right. what I mean? So, right. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, on the, this topic of leadership, one thing I struggle with as I'm reading biographies from a variety of sources is how how do I learn? When we were talking about the biography of Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Accomplished some amazing things mm-hmm. and then had some character issues that we might not Crazy want guy. to replicate. Yeah, yeah, so sure. how, how do you, you parse that through? How do you learn from a variety of leaders? And, sure. Yeah. What's been your experience? Yeah. So, so the the thing is, 
First of all, we all have to realize that there is no perfect person this side of Jesus or this side of heaven. Mm -hmm. There are great people that have been gifted by God to do great things. And we're to honor the gifting in somebody or we're to honor what they've accomplished, especially if it's been for the betterment of man or obviously as a believer that has been significant in the kingdom. But um, but nobody's going to be the whole package, right? Or they'd be Jesus. So, so that really helped me years ago to say, hey, I want to be able to read a biography, whether it's a sacred or secular, and I want to be able to say, what are the lessons that I'm learning from this? So an example would be Steve Jobs. Uh, the funny thing is I haven't met as many people who've read all 700 pages. <laughs> I read all 700, you know. I stopped around page 300. Yeah, so I, or I, maybe 600, I don't know the exact number, but I, I said, what makes this guy tick? That's what I'm yeah. asking, right? So a few conclusions I came to after the whole deal. So I said, number one, I don't want him to be my dad. I don't want him to be my leader. I'm glad I didn't have to work for him. Uh, but I do want him to make my stuff, mm. right? Because yeah. his, his obsession with excellence and simplicity. Yeah. And there were a couple of things I got out of it. Simplicity takes a long process and more work than complexity. So we talk mm -hmm. about simply loving Jesus, loving others, loving the yeah. lost, or your great commission, great commandment. That actually takes more work to actually operationalize it for everybody than just saying, hey, go do whatever you want, whatever's in your heart, love God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Simplicity in our lives takes a lot of diligence and a lot of discipline. So I realized if I want to get to simplicity, I'm going to have to go through that kind of painful gate of continuing to refine to get there. Yeah. The second thing was that every great dream or dreamer has a disciplined core. So mm. Steve Jobs was obsessed with people that were excellent, Yo-Yo Ma or um, any business leader or any sports figure. He became friends with them, at mm -hmm. least for a season, for his good, by the yeah. way, <laughs> well, with only one intention. And he wanted to study them. He was obsessed with them. And, and basically his conclusion, or at least that's what I got from it, was that dreamers are a dime a dozen. People who have great gifts are a dime a dozen. But those who change the world or shape an industry, they have a disciplined core with their incredible creativity. They don't just rely on their gifts. Yeah. They rely on the disciplined core. Yeah. And so he was, though he was a very impulsive, fanatic kind of guy, he was disciplined around what he believed was the best thing to do, right? So high discipline core. And so I walked away saying, hey, gifting's not enough. It doesn't, you know, we're not just looking for the gifted. That discipline core really, really matters. And I want to train leaders to live principled and disciplined lives so that they can multiply that gift, mm -hmm. if you will, and, and serve for the right reasons. So yeah, I think every book has redemptive value if you see kind of the God marks in it. And I think at the end of a book, you ought to always write down, hey, what are my four or five takeaways? And you don't have to recommend the book to the rest of the world. Like I, there's a lot of books I wouldn't recommend to people that I have read, not because they're not, not unholy books, but people's lives that I wouldn't want people to replicate. But I've gotten things from them, even learned what not to do. Right. You could read a leader's life and say, all right, well, that's for sure <laughs> we don't want to do. Yeah. But I, I do think that there is uh, the knowledge of God is made manifest through people's lives, yeah. both their failures and successes, and we should learn from all of them.
Is there a leadership book that you would recommend to people who are wanting to know how do I become a better leader, either a biography or just a, a leadership? You know, th- there's there there that back to my deal. The hard thing about that question because people ask me that consistently is the multifaceted. There's aspects of every book that I'd recommend. I always though would recommend for me the my favorite book of all time uh, on personal leadership is Celebration of Discipline. That back to that question about servanthood, yeah. it just that that just solidified it for me. It's the basic internal discipline core of Jesus lifestyle issues that I think uh, are going to make you a great influencer at the very least, uh, definitely a great leader of whatever you're called to lead because you'll do it from a servant's heart. Right. And then whatever it is that you feel called to do, find out who has been successful in those things. And then you just read them, right? So I read business leaders because we have a lot of concepts I need to understand. Uh, I read, um, obviously, faith leaders, of course. I read prayer leaders. And when, when people are saying, man, if I just had the right mentor, here's what I did. At 18 years old, I said, I may never know anybody so I'm just going to be discipled by whoever I want to be discipled by. So, so I would pick up a book from somebody that in 18, you know, I'd pick up George Mueller's autobiography. Mm-hmm. He'd been dead about 50 years, and I just thought, I want to learn how to live by faith. Yeah. So I'd read his book. I find that, uh, once again, you don't have to wait around for the perfect mentor. First of all, you've got the scriptures, you've got Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got your community around you. But you also have the great people that have gone before us and are currently living out life. Just find out who's doing things that you feel called to do and read it, extract the God principles from it, and take it as your personal discipleship through reading books, listening to podcasts, and all that good stuff. That's good. I love that your answer to a leadership book first was Celebration of Discipline. Yes, right. The thought that comes to mind is, I want to be a leader worth following. Yes. And that's the best leadership you can learn absolutely because again remember the leadership trends change just like the wind you know so we we we've got to have a discipline core at the center of it if we do have that then then people want to walk with us so very helpful all right thanks again man and fun talking again today thank you all right thanks so much for tuning into this episode of passion and purpose a podcast with jimmy cyber and the antioch movement for more information please visit jimmycyber.com and antioch.org We'll see you next time.